In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three, and one who has come in order to provide us with a sacrifice, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. This past Thursday, the NSA tweeted something out. Now, if you don't know who the NSA is, the NSA is sort of like um, uh, the CIA, except, well, they know more about you. Um, it's, it's like the CIA who knows as much about you as Google knows about you and as Facebook knows about you. It, 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 these are people who, uh, the, the amount of knowledge that they probably have on you is, well, a little bit disconcerting. And so when they tweet something out, it, it's kind of interesting to kind of watch them, and especially when they tweet something out that deals with, well, Lent. Uh, they, they actually had a, a Lent tweet. Uh, th- this went out uh, Thursday, kind of um, late Ash Wednesday, er- early, um, uh, er- early first day of Lent. And, and so this is what they tweeted. Uh, they, they tweeted out, for the next hashtag 40 days, many Americans will reflect on their faith and participate in self-examination practices in preparation for Easter. While these days can prove challenging, the NSA remains on its mission in defense of the nation 24-7. And a lot of people, including myself, saw that tweet and went, ha! I feel kind of threatened. I feel like the NSA is like, you know, a little bit too much in my business. You know, why, why is the NSA talking about Ash Wednesday? Why is it talking about, you know, um, uh, 40 days of Lent? Why, why is it talking about this stuff? And, you know, they, there were plenty of people. You couldn't reply to the tweet because, well, it's the NSA. And, and, uh, but, but you could retweet it and you could quote retweet it. And so the, those were all over the place. This um, got about, uh, about 2,000 different people retweeting it and, and quote tweeting it and mine uh, was you know, at first I, I was kind of like I feel kind of threatened the second time it, it was well you know I, I think what the NSA is trying to tell us here is that the NSA knows that you have already broken your promise to give up chocolates and it's only Thursday there is kind of that, that interesting thing about you know, what we choose to give up and, and how that, that connects up with Lent and, and how we choose to sort of sacrifice some things over Lent. How we choose, you know, may, maybe we choose to, to sacrifice chocolate, maybe we choose to sacrifice coffee, maybe we choose to sacrifice something else, but, but it is one of those things about Lent that we do and, and there, there is this sense of, you know, this sort of sacrificial understanding of Lent and that's a little bit of what that NSA tweet was talking about. It's talking about you know, how we engage in these practices that get us into this mood of self-reflection and preparing ourselves for Easter and, and you know, how that, that sense of sacrifice gets us ready for experiencing what Easter is like is an interesting question. It's an interesting question for us because uh, we, uh, all of the sudden, right away in the first Sunday of Lent, the first Sunday church service that, that we have for Lent, we have this reading about sacrifice. We have this reading about what it is 
that is being sacrificed here in, in, in the reading from Genesis where Abraham brings his, his son, his only son Isaac, up to Mount Moriah and uh, he begins to almost sacrifice him. Uh, he begins to get to that point where he's just almost there where he just almost sacrifices him. And so maybe you had one of those kind of ideas. Maybe you were at that point, like right before Ash Wednesday, maybe, you know, Ash Tuesday. You were at this point where you were like, oh, well, I could give that up, but I don't want to. I could give that up, but well, I'm going to swerve away from that one. And, and that's not exactly what's happening here, but there is something that, that corresponds a little bit as we look into this story about what it is that is being sacrificed. And as we look into this story, we experience this story with a little bit of fear and a little bit of terror and a little bit of anxiety because that is what this story does to us. Because we look at this story and, and we go along with the story and, and we're right there with Abraham and, and we're, we're right there as he's you know, putting the wood onto Isaac and we're right there as, as they go up to the mountain. We're right there when you know, Isaac says, you know, we've got the wood, we've got the fire, where's the sacrifice? And you know, we're all screaming out to Isaac, run, run. But he doesn't, and, and, and he goes about his way, and, and, and we start looking at this, and instead of being worried about what Abraham is doing with Isaac, all of a sudden we find that we are worried and fearful and, and anxiety-ridden about what it is that God could ask us to give. What, what is our Isaac? What is the thing that is so near and dear to us that it would be challenging for us to sacrifice? And, and it's probably something a little bit more meaningful than what we normally give up during Lent. If we were called to sacrifice, whatever that thing might be, maybe that thing is a loved one, maybe that thing is a job, maybe that thing is your reputation, maybe that thing is something completely different, but maybe that thing that you're thinking about right now, well, what if God asks you to give that up? What if he asked you to give it up, maybe even for more than 40 days? What if that were the case? Because we know that God is full when, well within his rights to take things away from us, just as God was within his rights to take Isaac away. Isaac was this miracle baby, this baby that shouldn't have happened, this baby that was born to, Isaac, to Abraham and Sarah when they were really, really old and they shouldn't have been able to have a kid. And then all of a sudden God shows up and they're able to have a kid. And so they recognize, okay, this, this kid is from God. And then now at this point where Isaac is, interestingly, by the accounts of, of some of the rabbis, possibly in his early 30s. And, and so you have this boy who is your son who's been able to grow up and you're able to start seeing him become a man. And then all of a sudden, God says, I'm calling in 
that chip. I'm calling in that marker. I'm going to take your son away. And here, Abraham does what it would be so hard for us to do with our Isaacs, which is he says, okay. And he saddles his donkey, and he gets the wood, and he gets the fire, and he brings two young men, and they start marching up to the place of where that's going to be sacrificed. And there's something essentially frightening about that climb as we think about it being the climb that we take as we think about what we might sacrifice that has been given to us by God. But in that fear, we start to see hope. That's what this sermon series is that we're going to be going throughout all of Lent with is all about, is that in the midst of the things that scare us the most sometimes, we begin to see a glimmer of hope. If we find that we're afraid, we start asking ourselves, what if? What if there were something that would save us from this? What if there was somebody who would provide a sacrifice for us? What if there was something that would enable us not to have to sacrifice sacrifice our Isaac, but rather that something else was provided in his stead. You know, it's interesting uh, about the season of Lent. I've, I've told many people this. The, the season of Lent is not a good time to sort of start off a diet um, uh, because uh, the season of Lent, every Sunday you get off. Every Sunday, you, you can eat as much chocolate as you want to. You can bring, drink as much coffee as you want to uh, because the season of Lent is 40 days. The NSA got that right. It's 40 days, not 46. And so that means that you get Sundays off. Sundays are a little Easter. And Sundays are a time in which you can remember this story because Sundays are a time in which you can remember that God has provided your sacrifice for you. That you can do all the sacrificing you want throughout the week. That's fine. And, and that engages you in that fear. But feel some relief on Sundays. Feel some relief as you think about the fact that your sacrifice doesn't mean diddly squat to God. Because God has already provided a sacrifice for you. And his name is Jesus Christ. God has already given you a sacrifice that engages with your life on a level that tells you that it's okay. That you're going to sin, you're, you're going to fail to sacrifice, you're going to fail to do things right. But God has you covered. You know, it's uh, an interesting thing that we talk about faith and works 
Yeah, quite a bit, and in uh, the terms of the church, and and especially in in this manifestation of the church, in this tradition of the church, the the Lutheran church. And and we talk about how faith and works are are sort of interchanged, and that's what we see happening here in this reading, is that we see that what God wants out of Abraham is his faith, not his works. Because God says, I I want faith, Abraham, and that's why when Abraham goes up to Mount Moriah, he's doing the right thing because he's taking those steps of faith. But Abraham doesn't actually do the thing that God asked him initially to do, and so it can't be about his works. It can't be about him getting stuff done, but rather it's about him being willing and showing up when God calls. It's about that two-part repent and believe in the gospel that Jesus says in the gospel reading in Mark, where that's exactly what Abraham does, that he does the repenting. The repenting part of this is the part where you are actively turning your life around. It's the part where you're actively doing something. That's what repenting is. Repenting doesn't have anything to do with what you're saying. That's confessing. Repenting means changing your life. And so when Jesus says repent and believe the gospel, he says change your life but believe the gospel. And that's what Abraham is doing. He's changing his life. He's going into this massively different life, he thinks, because He's going to sacrifice his son. And and so he's repenting in terms of how he's living his life. And you should repent in how you're living your life. But you should more so believe in the gospel. You should believe that there is a voice from God that will come out of the skies that will say, Stop! And don't sacrifice. Because I have sacrificed my son for you. And his sacrifice is more than enough for your sins. And so it's Sunday. Rejoice. Repent. And believe in the gospel. May you this week engage this first full week of Lent repenting and repenting by sacrifice, repenting by doing something different, repenting by changing your life. But may you all the more believe the gospel that has your sins covered and that invites you into eternal life. Amen.